if you want to go on the floor, go in disguise, because otherwise you won't be able to. I would just put on a full Darth Vader costume and walk through Comic-Con so I can actually check it out and enjoy it as opposed to being approached by everyone, which is lovely, lovely, but it gets very difficult to enjoy because there's so many people there. It's overwhelming, I have to admit, because of the lines and the crowds. Comic-Con fans are so affectionate and it's always a lovely way to start a new season. Hello and welcome to episode 381 of Under the Cull of MS, a Green Cull Sidekick Club Part 2 episode. To give you a little comic stuff just in case you're missing out on the Crimson Cull Comic Club since it's not available this week or last week. So I figured I'd just do a little quick comic Comic talk, entertainment, stuff like that. A little fun. So I went to the Milwaukee Comic Con today. The Mighty Con. Or Milwaukee Comic Convention. I believe it was called Mighty Con. And the main reason went there is because Mr. Art Baltazar was making an appearance. So we got to go meet him. And shoot shit with him. That was a lot of fun. It's nice to give him a face to go with the names. Of the people that are obsessed with buying stuff from him. <laughs> and I asked if I could have his permission. To read oh yeah, comics. Comic book stuff. On my podcast. Like I do with the Mad Manipod. And I was giving the... Go ahead, so in the future we'll be getting some, oh yeah, comic readings in. And the thing I like about that is the oh yeah comics have a variety of little short stories and stuff like that. So I can see using some of those in the future for ending segments and things like that. So it should be a lot of fun. But it was very nice meeting the gentleman. And hearing some of the things that are coming up in the future, which we hear (laughs) on all his little YouTube videos and stuff anyways. But it's just nice to talk to him in person. Uh, But other than that, I spent a couple hours there. Got a good pile of comics. Not... I didn't go too overboard because I didn't feel like standing and standing going through the boxes forever. I kind of just hit up the under $2 boxes and any bargain deals and stuff like that just to see what they had in there. If I could find anything that would be fun to talk about on the podcast. And then got a few more pieces of artwork, which is nice. Some nice looking stuff. Some Archie and the gang uh, work from the Archie vs. Predator comics. And, yeah, I'll, t- I'll just go over all the books as I read them, and we'll hear about them. I can't think of what else we got. Wife got a couple vampire figures. We got the Hammer Horror Dracula, Mego-style Dracula. 
and a couple other knickknacks and gifts for people and things. So that was fun. And we also got another new comic book uh, writer artist group that we met and we got their four comics along with some artwork from them. So we'll be going over those too. And we didn't see anybody from the Cowabunga Con, which was surprising. I thought there was two people that were that I kind of expected to be there from the Cowabunga Con. But on the way home, we stopped at a, another comic shop in Germantown, Wisconsin, which is just a tiny little thing, but it was closed last time I was in there, and it was open today, so we figured we'd go in. And not too exciting. They were uh, more of a video game store than a comic book store that video game and action figures and pops and then they had a couple boxes of comics and that was about it no wall no wall with new comics on it they had an area that said they were new comics but they were stuffed down towards the floor in a corner by the window which kids if you have a store do not put your collectibles within the sun's rays because it's going to fade them all everything that's near the window does get faded and that's just a bummer so it's, it's better off to use the window exposure area just for showing stuff off, in my opinion. But, but yeah, we got a little pile of comics here. So what do we got? We got Life with Archie's. Art, Life with Archie number 283. This is uh, one I picked up at the Cowabunga Con. Uh, we got Mr. Lodge's Christmas Adventure. Where we get the a little uh, a Christmas story tale with the ghost, but the ghost just happens to be Archie in ghost form, and he takes Mister Lodge through his past, present, and future. And it's fun, fun little story that gets Mister Lodge to realize that life can be enjoyable without spending a ton of money and they do have the draw your favorite contest in here where you can draw chubby the bear head the pirate character or tippy the turtle so that is a fun thing it always brings back memories and then we get part two of the lodge's christmas story and then there's a Lane refrain story with Archie having a blast bowling, even though he's not as good as he thinks, but <laughs> ends up having a blast anyways. And lots of fun things happen. And then there's Life with Archie and the Bee, best foot forward. And this one is a Mr. Weatherby story with his foot. And it's just funny because it's you see this this version of the Weatherby story. I think I've seen this story revamped probably half a dozen times in the past year <laughs> in my Archie comics. So, but yeah, lots of fun as usual. Archie series, life with Archie. Number 283. And then we got some Constantine fun. 
I did uh, Vertigo DC Comics Hellblazer Special, Bad Blood. It's a four-issue run. It's a restoration comedy. It's a fun look at the future. And Constantine in his old age and causing trouble as usual. And I know there's, I suppose it. That wouldn't be an issue one. It would be an issue two. A little synopsis that they have. But yeah, Constantine's his own same old perverted self. And just <laughs> helping out this girl. And she just so happens to be. Well, I'll give you the synopsis. Story so far. It's 2025. In London. The sick and lame make pilgrimages to the shrine of the Blessed Diana, while the alien King Charles III presides over the imminent demise of the British monarchy. But the alien royalist cause receives an unexpected boost from rumors, suddenly rampant in the tabloid press of a 25-year-old bastard heir to the throne. Enter John Constantine, aged 72. The old magician is still weaving his guerrilla spells in the filthy streets of London's no-go ghetto, and now finds himself acting as agent for his friend, the beautiful young street medic, Dolly, who has been approached to the star who has been approached to star in an unlikely TV biopic about her life of anarchic service to the poor. After an unsuccessful negotiation with the slippery legal reps of the TV show Bloodline, Constantine and Dolly part amid angry recriminations. While Constantine is quickly arrested by the secret police suspected of conspiring to overthrow the new British Republic, Dolly disappears from London, lured away on the pretext of visiting her estranged and now dying father to the country estate of the Duke of Hartwell. Here she is shocked to discover that filming of her life story has begun without her consent, and that she is more prisoner than guest. It gets a little rapish and stuff in here, and nasty, what the British government does to her and all that stuff. Trying to keep control of the throne and... Constantine and a couple other people trying to help this girl out and get through all this psycho battle nonsense that these people are putting on her and torturing her with. But I need a swiggle water. It's been a long day and I got major dry cotton mouth since we got back and trying to get my thirst molecules replenished oh that's good 
Good chat, Maynard. All right, next up. We only had a few comics I had, but I figured what the heck. A nice little half-hour episode would be fun to put out, just in case anybody's missing out on the Crimson Color Club. I don't have no big first-issue run. Oh, actually, I do have a couple other ones that I am talking about. All right, next one up we got Solid State Tank Girl from Titan Comics. So it's got WJC and ACM on it. I don't know what those represent. But this is like uh, if someone sat down in a restaurant and just started sketching up a story and they left it like that. Just quickly colored it and went with it. But it's a fun, fun story where Where the gang, uh, Barney, Tank Girl, and I think, I'm trying to think of who the other one was, I don't think it's Jet Girl, but anyways, the three ladies end up being shrunk down and sent in the booga because there happens to be some type of blood clotting thing that's going into, yeah, Jet Girl was the other one that went with them, Tank Girl and Barney. But booga's got some type of uh, cancerous blood clot type thing going on in his body and he's going to die unless they can get down and deal with it and this blood clot kind of turns into like a tank girl character and tank girl's got to kill herself and (laughs) to try and help save Barney and they got to get out of Barney before they expand and it's hilarious watching certain body parts that are expanding as they're trying to get out of Booga's body so I don't want to give away all the stuff for it but there is, uh, they do happen to find a baby in Booga's testicles. <laughs> and you get to see what happens with this character. But And of course you get a nice little poster in the middle of this storyline. And there's uh, the girls, girl that cleansed our souls story where Booga's cleaning things up also in here and it's just yeah very 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 interesting artwork (laughs) very goofy looking and with that sketch style and it's just these characters are very very goofy how they're drawn out but it was a fun little story and definitely worth Adding to the Tank Girl collection. And then the last that I'm going to talk about is Solo, Solo Avengers. I'm having problems talking today, too. I hope I was doing better at the show. I feel I was. But for some reason, my lower teeth are just floating all over the place. Uh, Solo, event, Solo Avengers starring Hawkeye and Mockingbird. Number one. I needed to grab one more comic to make a 3-4 deal. I figure what the heck. 
get a Hawkeye one with all the stuff going on right now on Disney Plus and all the things that are happening. And you also get Hawkeye's battling bride in her first solo exploit ever in this story. But we get to meet who trained Hawkeye and this character. Uh, well, not meet him, learn about who trained Hawkeye. And Hawkeye is doing like a big top circus performance with trick shooting with his bow and arrows and... We get to learn more about how you learn to do all the trick shooting from a professional trick shot artist. And it's really fun seeing this story, how it clicks together. And I like the, the Mockingbird figure worked into it all. And I, I don't know nothing other than her name and seeing her. I've never read anything with her in it, I don't think, before. But she's pretty badass. And I was impressed by her abilities. I don't know what all her uh, special powers are or anything like that. But, but yeah, that was definitely a fun look at the Hawkeye character. And I'm glad I picked this up because I would not have known anything about his background and how he was trained. And the other thing that also, once I started reading this, it's like, I always forget that he is part of the West Coast Avengers, and that's how I get some of my favorite storylines for Squirrel Girl and Tip, well, Monkey Joe back then, and then eventually brought in the Tippy Toe and X2 and stuff. But, but yeah, there's a fun little pile of comics, not too much exciting going on, but a few things to talk about it's like let's see what on netflix i checked out home team if you like a little uh high school football underdog story i checked it out because it's a kevin james film it's got kevin and his brother in it taylor lautner's one of the other coaches the the coach of kevin james's kids uh football team rob schneider's uh kevin james wife's new be a new uh boyfriend and he plays a hippy dippy goofy tree hugger type character it's it's hilarious watching him of course he's always great to watch uh lavelle crawford's in it he was <laughs> he's a bus driver in there for the school and <laughs> i love LaBelle, so it's fun seeing him in there, but yeah, that wasn't a, that was a fun little underdog story. Is some good background thing to watch. And then yesterday I went and checked out the new Sonic and Knuckles Sonic 2 movie that's out there. And uh, some people said that it was hard to hear Idris Elba being knuckles and i thought his voice was perfect for knuckles so i really like that i'm not a big fan of tails but tails is a fun character in this movie uh and of course jim carrey is dr robot robotnik or dr evil whatever you want to call him 
I could have dealt without the military human references and stuff. I think they could have just. <clears throat> uh, sorry, throat is just super dry. Uh, they introduced the Green Hill Zone in here, which is a big thing. If you've played Sonic the Hedgehog, you know the different zones and all that where you're collecting your rings. I think they could have just left all the characters do the whole story right in the Green Hill Zone with Dr. Robotnik. It would have been an excellent movie without all the weird human stuff. I don't think you really needed that. Uh, stick with just having fun with the characters. And <laughs> but uh had some great game references. I love what they did with the Sonic and Knuckles uh, video game cover that they do a little reference to with the characters joining up and doing things and just the way it, the picture laid out, it was perfect for it. And they had a few other good, great game references in there too. And, uh, I mean, it, this is spoiler alert. <laughs> I'm not trying to spoil anything from the movie and just rep, trying to reference things, but uh, it's just, when they added the human elements and stuff, it just took the characters from characters that could fly all of a sudden are, are in planes and characters that can run really fast are driving. <laughs> it's like, you'd think they'd be able to get places faster if they were just using their abilities. But yeah, it was, it was a cute movie. It was fun. Uh, there was a little girl in the theater. She was having a blast with it. She was, giggling away and then running up and down the aisles once the characters are running around at the end uh, and stuff. And they, she sees stuff going on. She was trying to mimic things. And, but uh, there was a rumor about this being Jim Carrey's last role. Uh, he's thinking about retiring. Hopefully he'll retire with a bang in the end and he did an excellent job as dr Robot. i think i love him playing that character but it's just yeah it's sad to see him quit now if he is but i'm sure he'll go beyond and they always come back but and then uh, a very pleasant another pleasant thing about the movie was shamar moore was in it uh, if you know him, he's into fashion modeling. He's a bunch of different television things. And I think my first introduction to him was in Criminal Minds, which I loved his character. And then he, I followed him into SWAT, which I never got into that show, but he, the first season I watched, he was, he was excellent in it. And then, of course, his mom had multiple sclerosis and she uh he started a line of things to help uh support multiple sclerosis uh research and stuff and his mom recently passed away so that was a sad thing i'm guessing he might have been working on this movie during this but yeah, if you ever want to check out his company, it's Baby Girl LLC, and that's something that helps to support 
uh, help fight multiple sclerosis. And, but yeah, well, actually, his mother passed in February of 2020. I thought it was more recent, but I guess time just, this whole COVID era time, it's just, um, it's just flying by and I'm getting everything mixed up. It's just, <laughs> my timeline's off, but, but yeah, it was a fun movie. I liked it. I can't remember much of the first one. I got to rewatch it. I couldn't find it on any platforms before I went to see this one. So, oh, let's end it there, I guess. That was just a little something, something for the peeps out there if they wanted something to entertain to listen to. I do have early access, beta access to a new form of video through my podcasting, through my anchor podcasting. I believe it's through Spotify. So I'm thinking about trying that out. So I might do that for my readings. I might, I might start doing my readings in video, maybe in starting out in May. We'll see. I got to see how it works first, do a couple recordings and see how they come out. See if I like it. It's like, I'm just looking at, at the bottom of the page for, for Shamar Moore. And I noticed that he did, uh, uh, Justice Lee War. He plays Cyborg in it, Victor Stone. And Justice League Throne of Atlantis. And Justice League vs. Teen Titans. And the Death of Superman. And Reign of the Superman. And Justice League Dark Apocalypse War, which I just watched not long ago. And then Sonic the Hedgehog 2, he plays Randall. <laughs> but yeah. And lots of TV stuff. Oh, he was in Birds of Prey too. He played Jesse Reese in there. He's been a lot more stuff that I knew about as far as superhero wise, uh, comic book characters type stuff. But yeah, I can't think of anything else. I just got home, so I just figured I'd whip this out quick. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. Hope it's a little something, something you can have fun with. And we'll be back again with our normal Monday episode, unless I sneak something in tomorrow. But otherwise, we'll talk to you at Mad Manipod Monday. And be good. Enjoy yourself. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye now. <laughs>